This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus. I am joined as always by Scott Powers. We're from The Athletic. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? It snowed this morning and I'm kind of pissed about it. Yeah, it's, uh, God, it was just 70 degrees, wasn't it, last week? Or I was just 70... in LA, yeah. Yeah, you were in LA, yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's... I'll tell you what, like, like, there's a lot of things that have been making me feel old lately. I mean, I had kidney stones over the weekend in LA. Let me tell you, that was a good time. I've been dealing with all this blood pressure. I'm on this low-sodium diet. I'm a very old man these days. Nothing makes me feel... I, I have eight pill bottles in my toiletry bag right now because of all this all stuff last weekend. Eight. That's how old I am. But nothing makes me feel older than when I wake up in the morning, I look outside, I see snow, I go, oh, shit. And my kids are like, yeah, snow. And I'm like, oh, God damn it, snow. Like I used to be excited about snow. Even in my 20s, I was excited about snow. But now it's just like, all I can think about is snow blowing and just muddy, sweaty, uh, wet jackets and boots and the dog and just the, oh, the house is just covered in mud and what a pain in the ass yeah i left the jacket up in the press box last night i was like ah oh, fuck it's that time of year you know like it's just <laughs> um the gray hair is making me feel old like that's that's the thing oh. that's been getting to me lately it's just I, a... i've had that since my early 30s so i've, I've kind of longer I, yeah, I, I, don't I, know. I, I, I got gray glasses because i was tired of the black glasses offsetting all the gray i wanted it to like look at least somewhat coordinated yeah, I uh, yeah, the snow just it's it's yeah, no, I, I think I've been yeah, I've been angry at the snow for many years, so I <laughs> especially in November, like you gotta at least it, it's like it's like you know, just at least wait till Thanksgiving, you know, yeah, Give, yeah, but still Thanksgiving. It, it, I don't think fall. this is gonna, I don't think this is very long. I, the weather has been so decent, you know, for most of the fall, so I'm not gonna complain. Yeah. I just, yeah, but I the just, leaf it, truck hasn't even come to suck up the leaves yet. I mean, I got wet now, I got snow covered leaves sitting out in front of my house, it's just a pain in the ass. Well, there's a leaf truck. Yeah, it's weird here. Uh, they, here in Indiana, they have like a, like a giant vacuum cleaner truck. Oh. Uh, you, you you take your leaves and you push them to the curb, and they just come by once in a while and just suck them all up. Oh, that's where you're. That's really so they strange. don't have they don't have snow plows, but they have a leaf truck. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what our three our thirteen dollars of taxes go to is one <laughs> leaf truck that comes by once a month. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I learned something about Indiana every day. Yeah, when I was a kid in New York, we always had to bag them up. This you just. You just you you rake them to the curb and then a windy day comes along and they're all back on your on your lawn. It's really stupid. Yeah, um, I don't know what I I I guess the city just takes care of our leaves. Yeah, you're a city part. boy. You got you got you don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I, I I do pay a lot of money to have that done for me as well. <laughs> uh, so hockey. Yeah, um, hockey's still going on. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. That was uh, I feel like that. Yeah, can, can you believe that my kids didn't want to see the kidney stone? Really? 
I was so disappointed in them. When I was 10 years old, I would have been like, ah, oh, gross. Let me see. They wanted no part of it. So what are you doing with it? Oh, it's gone. Oh, <laughs> I, took, I, I took a picture of it. I'm like, do you want to see? They're like, no. <laughs> Amazing oh. that something so small can cause that much pain. Oh, God, right? Like, I'd, it's like to, like... I'd like to think I have a high tolerance for pain. I've got all kinds. I have like four spinal conditions. I'm used to being in pain. I had never, ever experienced anything like this. It was yeah. so horrible so of, of what you remember about the hockey <laughs> um it, it, it was it was typical 2022 blackhawks hockey right where they were outplayed by la they were outplayed by anaheim for much of it and they got three out of four points because that's what they do right they hang around and they hang around but against the carolina hurricanes who were probably going to win the stanley cup this year uh at least they're my pick uh you can't hang around hang around playing getting overwhelmed because they're going to beat you it's weird because the yesterday game they were like the first period like they they start off the game with a power play and they the power I think the power plays looked a lot better since they've switched it up like they're creating chances they're not scoring yet but they're creating chances and then um and then then Carolina outplays them five on five and they get down to nothing and then the Blackhawks kind of do what they do or they just uh, they don't give any more like um, grade A chances and they stuck in the game and they had some chances and it felt like if they just scored one goal all of a sudden you put a little pressure on Carolina and kind of creeps in and then you know it, it's opened the door and then um yeah, Caleb Jones just had a, a massive mishap with uh with the turnover we he's trying to break out and he's, he's looking at you know he's trying to make a pass from behind the net to the neutral zone to free someone but it's just um, he had yeah, a terrible cool. game in LA too. He's had a rough little go here. Yeah, and and, and I, you know, I, I feel like Ruge, Luke Richardson has a pretty good like handle on some of this. Like Caleb Jones is playing more than he probably should. You know, like a lot of these guys are playing more than they should, and um, it, it it leads when you're on the ice more often. You there's more likelihood that you're going to make a mistake. You know, like it's so. <clears throat> you know, the, the simple pass was the easy breakout, and he tried to go up ice, and it and it cost him, and then. You know, down three nothing. It, it, it's it's sort of that hope vanishes. So, but yeah, it was, it was strange because it, it you know I, I tweeted out the numbers in the first period with the five on five, and it was it was so lopsided. And as the game went went along, and some of the score effects, and you know, or just Blackhawks more aggressive, and Carolina's playing back a little bit more, it got more even. But it yeah, it it, it never felt like it's it still doesn't feel like last season. You know, it doesn't feel like they're being exposed. Like there's chances where like. It's like, wow, how did that guy get that open or that, you know, like it, it happens occasionally just because they'll spend too much time in the D zone or or something, you know, there's a, is it a breakdown, but it, it doesn't happen as frequently. And um, yeah, I, I, I still, I, I, you know, like when you look at the record now with their six, six and three, um, you know, they're out of the playoffs, I think now. And <clears throat> I, you know, like whether they get back in it, I think it'd be pretty challenging throughout the season. Um, and they're probably closer to the bottom. I think they're with the 22nd team in the league right now um but uh, yeah i don't know i guess i guess the positive still is that i think it's still it's still yeah they don't look you know like it's not as horrific as we thought and th there are things in the system that with better players you can see how it could lead to something you know yeah and i i think if anything we're seeing just how foolish the idea of tanking is I mean, look at who are the two worst teams in the league right now. It's Anaheim, who just went out and, you know, they added John Klingberg. They've got Trevor Zegers and Troy Terry. They've got some – they got a, a great goalie in John Gibson. They're de and Columbus, who went out and signed Johnny Gaudreau this summer. So it's really – and, and I, you know, I talked to Kyle Davidson before the Anaheim game, and he kind of said this. And a lot of it's spin, obviously, but it is really hard to purposely finish last place. It's really hard to call your shot and say, we're going to finish in this spot in the standings because there is a ton of parity in the league. It is a fluky sport. And, you know, it doesn't take much to go from 30th 
first place to 22nd place. It takes a decent coach. It takes a couple of uh, unexpected players like a Lafferty and a Dickinson. And, and all of a sudden, you're the ninth worst team in the league. It's just so hard. And the Blackhawks very well could regress to the mean here and finish toward the bottom. But it's you wonder if like, oh, well, it, it's look, Kevin Korczynski might wind up being the next Kale McCarr. And if he does, then that's a great trade. But the fact is, with Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Strom, and Dominic Kubalik on this team, you have a playoff team right now. If they're playing in this system and they're all playing together and, and, and Richardson's identity isn't somehow, you know, dampened by those guys, and I don't see why they would. I know the knock on Strom is he doesn't work hard, but, you know, a coach brings out brings out the best in you in theory. You wonder, like, well, maybe did they have to do it this way? Because it's not, it's they're not going to finish thirty second probably, and, and it's not going to pay off. Yeah, I, I still, I, I mean, I was going through the metrics this morning, but they're oh, they're stati- bad. Statistically, they're they're among the top, I guess, bottom second. You know, I think they're the worst team in in Corsi. Like they're the same. But you, but you overcome that with goaltending. The goaltending's been surprisingly good, yeah. and you overcome that with hard work. We yeah. know that, and this team's going to work hard. Yeah, I just I, I guess I'm at this point. I'm not surprised if they don't finish. Like I I I think I'm based on what we've seen. Like they, I just I don't know how sustainable it is, right? Like it's just it's these games. Like the Anaheim game is so fluky, right? Like it just it's a game where you're outplayed, and yeah, can Morazic hold up? Like yeah, I mean if the goaltending holds up, then then you do it. You've I just got three guys, three guys that have <laughs> proven they can play pretty well. Yeah, I, I think the Blackhawks want to get Soderbloom down at the Rockford so he doesn't help I'll tell them you, anymore. <laughs> Soderbloom's legit, man. That guy oh, yeah, is no, a really yeah. good goalie in the future. Yeah, no, like I said, Peter Aubrey was was pretty uh, pretty open about how good he thought he could be, and so yeah, I, the Blackhawks want to get Staylock healthy and, and Soderbloom in Rockford so he's not uh, yeah he's not helping the the tank too much. Yeah, no, so, I, I, I I I get what you're saying. I just I I don't know. I I think you need an elite you need some elite players and this is the path to it. You know, like um, I, I think the Blackhawks also understand that they, they need that too. Like it's um, I, I question if next year might be worse than this year, you know, like like the challenge is you lose Kane and Taves, like you need to fill up cap space, but how aggressive are you going to be getting players? Are you just going to overpay for players or how, how are they going to do that? You know, like it's, I, I keep on thinking this is the bad year, but if this year ends up being better than expected, like, does he just double down and go for it again next season? Right. I, I, I haven't even looked at the 2024 draft class yet. Good God. Is there another Bedard in there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know anything. I I think we had a. We had a too early ranking. Yeah. yeah too early. Ranking remember, remember Shane, Shane Wright was going to be the next uh, generational talent too. And then he wound up being fourth overall and benched. So it's hard to, but I, I, I think Connor Bedard is at a different, like it's. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying yeah, it's hard yeah. to predict this early. You know, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I mean, these are sixteen-year-olds, right? Like they're projecting yeah. now. Um, but uh, no, I, I guess what were, what were your takeaways from? I mean, you, you get the, you got some time with with Davidson. What what did you take away from that? The question, those conversation. You know, it, it it reminds me of a lot of the conversations with Stan Bowman, where it's a lot of spin, it's a lot of putting a happy face on things. But I I genuinely, I I I, I buy it from Davidson to some degree, like. I think he desperately wants Connor Bedard. I don't think there's any question about that. He knows that that's a huge thing, but he sees that, you know, there, there's, there, there's so much to be happy about. If you're Kyle Davis right now, you looks like you got the right coach, right? He's doing it the right way. He's not, he, 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 he has, he walks that fine line between tough, but you know, forgiving because it's a young team. He's, he's out there teaching and coaching every day, not just running drills. 
uh, and there's clearly an identity being formed. The pro scouting under Kyle Davidson has been excellent. Everyone they add seems to be a nice fit. You think of turning Alex Nylander into Sam Lafferty. You think of turning cap space into Jason Dickinson. These are quality players that are making a difference night in and night out for your team. And you don't have Seth Jones right now, and Patrick Kane is underperforming, and you're still hanging in all these games. There's a lot to be happy about. There's a lot. There, there's a there's a, a foundation being set here. Now that being said, you and I talk about all the time how you don't win championships without superstars. Yeah, and you know you only get superstars usually by getting really really lucky in the draft or drafting in the top three or four or five. Uh, so it is still important that they do that. They set that table. Like I I may not like tanking, but they have already done it. So now you have to follow through on it. You have to get a superstar out of next year's draft no matter where you sit. And that's kind of what Davidson said. He's like, look, wherever we are, we need to hit on it. And if that's seventh, you got to hit on it. You got to do better than an Adam Boquist. You got to do better than, you know, uh, um, some kind of mid-tier second pairing guy or third line winger. You got to get a superstar. And this is the draft to do that. It's, it's not just the big three. It's not just Bedard, Fantilli, and Mitchkov. There's a lot to like in this draft from what everyone's saying. But you're going to really have to nail that because otherwise this whole season is almost a waste. It's a really forward-heavy draft from what I've heard, and I, I think the Blackhawks are going to end up with three first-round picks. I think they get a first-rounder for for Kane. Um, so yeah, I, I you need you need elite players. Like I mean, I guess we'll see what Nazar is. I mean, he, he's still you know he's still hurt, and um, you know like guys like Ryan Green at BU seems like he he has some yeah. promise, and uh, you know they they like some of these guys, but yeah, you need. Like it feels like a lot of these guys are complimentary right now. Like you need, yeah, you need that elite talent. Like you just need, um, especially if you're going to lose, you know, and I, I think right now you're, you're seeing a bit with Kane too, where he's just, he's not, like, like Domi's played well, but he, he plays a different style. And I think Kane's adjusting um, and, and him and Kirsch, I've had a moment last year, last night with, was like kind of the kind of give and go play. And, um, and, and I feel like it was a game that Kane's kind of got accustomed to with Panarin and Debrinkit. Like those were his two most consistent line mates over the last five years. Like, um, not that he can't play a different style, but it's like, it's, it's how he, you know, like it's how he gets open. I, he, it's how he gets other players open. So it's, it's, you know, and the CU is a little bit different and um, now playing with Kurashev, it's just, you know, Kurashev still finding that consistency. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, how they switched up on the power play and it's, it's opened up Kane a little bit and certainly opened up Domi on the other side. Um, yeah. They need to figure out a little bit on five on five because they're not really consistently producing. No one's really consistently producing a five on five or just, um, I think last night the the best line was Kachuk and uh, Lafferty and Entwistle, and you know, like everyone else was <clears throat> somewhat, um, yeah, hemmed in and their end. So, um, yeah, I, I you, you need, I, yeah, you you need elite players to play with elite players too, right? Like, it's... I'll, I'll say this much: uh, the, the one encouraging thing you want, and I, and I pushed him a couple of times on this. Is there any way he could envision? you know, quote unquote, going for it this year. And, and and to me, going for it means even like keeping the band together just through the end of the season, yeah. rather than trying to flip a Max Domi or an Athanasi or God forbid, Kane and Daves. And uh, he was, he's like, look, I'm not going to roll anything out, but that's not what we're doing here. We're playing the long game, no matter what happens this year. And that's what you want to hear if you're a Blackhawks fan, because that's not what they did in the past. They would get suckered in by fool's optimism and then, make go for it now decisions and it would bite them in the butt. And that includes the Seth Jones trade. Again, we talk about this all the time. Seth Jones is a very good player, but they gave up too much for him. And it really set them back a number of years in terms of roster construction, because they gave up a lot of assets to get him. And uh, that's something that Kyle Davidson seems a lesson that he's learned from being on the staff that did that. And 
he is not going to let any, you know, decent play this year dissuade him from the long-term plan. It's not about the 2023 spring. It's about like the 2026 spring and nothing's going to change that. I I think the key for Davidson is you you need to be far you need to be far enough out of the playoff picture on, on March third so that Kane and Taves both want out, um you know Anthesiu and and Domi um are, are you know like you, you can't trade those guys if you're in the in the race right like you you can you know Kane and Taves Kane and Taves you know hold their cards but um it's not like you can deplete the team if it's if it's doing all right you know like you you, you can't do that to anyone and you can't do that to Luke Richardson and, sure you, you know. can. You can, but that's, I just I, I think that's the whole point of the season. But right? I'm just I saying, mean, I'm just saying, if they're, if if they're, say they're in a playoff spot come March third, I don't see him trading it off. I, I, I also, I, yeah, I don't. I, I think he know. I think he understands it. Not that he's going to add players, but I I don't think that if they were in a playoff spot, that well, one Kevin Taves would be like, we don't want to go. Um, I don't think he'd move those other guys. I I think I think they need to be far enough out. Um, and then what, what happens is, I and I, I think they're going to be far enough out, and then they have 25 games at the end of the season after the right. deadline. So that, if that's it's, a lot if, of points to lose. If it's 25 points without Kane, Taves, Aaron Thesiu, Domi, and, you know, whomever else, like that that certainly changes things. But, um, yeah, I, my sort of takeaway is that yeah, I, I guess with Stan Bowman, it was always like he, you, he, he made you feel like he was smarter than you, you know, or like, like your questions were um, – yeah, like it was nonsense at times, or like you know, right. like and I, I, I with Davidson, it, it's um, he, there's less bullshit. They're, they're, yeah, there's they're, they're spin on everything because you know yeah. he's not going to tell you. Like it's it's like that Blackhawks documentary. Like the the Blackhawks gonna have the greatest documentary ever right now because they're you know like you you're, you are preparing you know preparing for the future and so, someone 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 commented on like on on the on the Q and A and they're like you know I, I want to see behind the scenes camera of, of Kyle Davidson after a game celebrating a win then going off into a, a quiet room by himself and just breaking everything in the room <laughs> like that's how we all envision this happening it's like come on I had a plan you're ruining it yeah um but yeah I yeah I it just it feels like he understands the questions and he doesn't you know like he There's he knows condescension yeah for sure um so um yeah, it it'll be interesting. Like it's um, what we're fifteen games in. We got what a lot more to go, but a lot more to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, we have some uh, some questions um, from uh, Dan Novak. How does this team feel? Uh, an attitude different than in years past. Uh, you know, there, there there seems to be uh, uh there, there's a defiance to this team. I've been going around. You know, I asked the same question of a lot of guys. Like, are you enjoying, like, you know, you guys are doing fine. They're not winning a ton of games, but they're doing fine. They're competitive. Are they enjoying this big kind of F you to all of us who said they were going to suck? And they are. They like Caleb Jones is a lot of them are like, oh, you know, we don't listen to that outside noise. Caleb Jones is like, oh, hell yeah, this is awesome. Like, you know, you know, we're all NHL players here. Like, we're not some scrubs off the street. We all know how to play this game. And, you know, we don't like hearing the things people were saying about. So I think that's part of the mindset they have is this kind of defiance, which I kind of like. But uh, I, I heard, uh, you know, at the morning skate yesterday, Jonathan Taze's comments. I wasn't there, but I watched the video, and he seemed to, you know, he was not taking shots at Jeremy Carlton and even Derek King, but he was saying, you know, we have a coach who's on the ball here, who's got us all working in the same direction, who's got us doing things the right way. Uh, Jonathan Taves really seems to be enjoying this season. Like he's enjoying playing for Luke Richardson. He's enjoying that he's playing well. He's probably been the Blackhawks' best forward, uh, best non-goalie even uh, all season long, and. Uh, it was interesting to hear him take some not so veiled shots at the previous administrations. 
Yeah, I, I I think the fact that Jonathan Taves is scoring goals, like I, I that's what, what makes him happy. You know, like it's <laughs> even when they were winning and he wasn't scoring goals, he he wouldn't be as happy. So it's uh, I, I think that's definitely helped. So yeah, I don't, it's it's a different group too, right? Like you have so many new faces and um yeah, I don't know guys that were uh yeah one they're prepared to lose, but you know two like they it's like a short stay and everyone's just kind of yeah kind of. I guess there's a lot of motivation too, you know, like guys are playing for next contracts and the stay in the league and, you know, make their next deals and stuff. So it, it um, yeah, it feels like a lot of people pushing in the same direction and it's not uh, in the years past, like you'd walk in the room and it was, you know, we've talked about this before and there'd be so many veterans and now, um, yeah, I mean, with Kershaw's with the fourth longest tenured player yeah. on the team, like it's, yeah, and it's these young guys, you know, it doesn't matter if you're winning or losing, you're having a, I remember talking to some of the Red Wings when they were in town a couple of weeks ago and they were like, yeah, you know, when things were really bad, yeah, the veterans were miserable at the time, but we're all like, sweet, we're in the NHL. Yeah. This is awesome. So there is some of that. This is such a young team. You know, Mackenzie Entwistle is not going to be complaining about being in the NHL right now. He's having a good time. It's it's fun to be an NHL player. And uh, I think that helps go a long way too. Or, you know, Kane is always fed off of that stuff. He, he, he likes to hang out with the younger players. And I think Taves is getting some of that too. It was interesting to hear, uh, um, you know, some, some of the people talk about Taves now. He's been, you know, still pretty for at the forefront of welcoming a lot of these young guys and and doing you know organizing uh team bonding activities on the road and things like that it's not like he's off on his corner as the old guy uh he, he's involved with all of this stuff and i think everyone on the team is enjoying themselves i think kane is a little frustrated by like he's he's torn because he's having fun and he's liking the way the team is playing but he's not producing as much as he'd like to and eventually that could lead to some you know unhappiness yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that power play is opening up a little bit, I, I think it's going to produce and I, he's yeah. never been one too much where you know, like, certainly you want to produce a five and five, but it seems like if he gets points, he gets, you know, and like this is the time of year where he tends to get hot too. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I think they need history. to figure out some things five and five. And it, I mean, it's, it's not just him. It's, it's sort of the whole, whole group. So uh, Hawks must be, ha- this is from Sean Hawks must be happy with Ryan Green's play and BU as a freshman. It's still early, but he seems like a nice second round pick. Um, yeah, he was tearing he, it up. Yeah. Yeah, he had a big week and he was the uh hockey east player of the week. Um, <clears throat> um yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot five of point game in there. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of encouragement about um, you know, uh, you know, just even talking to Colby Cohen the other day, who's pretty tapped into BU, just uh it, it seems like you know, the staff at BU is pretty pretty high on him and people are pretty optimistic and um, so yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they had a lot of first and second round picks and they needed a bunch of those guys to hit. So, uh, you know, green it's, it's a little early, but it's, yeah, it certainly seems like a nice, uh, at least there's some potential there. So here overskate uh, overskate wants to know Max Domi should be in the big picture. Is he, uh, I mean, he's 27 years old, which makes him ancient in a rebuild. Uh, he, he was, he was pretty clearly signed to be flipped at the deadline. He's a yeah. guy who was a former 30 goal scorer who, if he got hot and he was playing with Patrick Kane, might put up enough points that someone would give up yet another first round pick. Could you imagine if they had four first round picks next year? Um, I mean, if Ryan Hartman can get you a first round pick a while back, then maybe Max Domi can too. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to envision him being here beyond this season. That's he was here to resurrect his career and get a big payday over the summer. And he was brought in by the Blackhawks to get a draft pick. I mean, it was a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah, I I think the challenge was I mean the one thing with Hartman was that I, I he was younger and it's like you, you traded him thinking that he was part of your future right like he was gonna be an RFA I I think with Domi um yeah I think it'd be a little bit harder just because the uh, he's gonna be a UFA and you know like yeah. you're it's uh yeah so some of the contract stuff has to do that with uh 
from Spike T. Um, so where do you think the Blackhawks will draft? It doesn't look like this team will be picking top three. Does it matter? Could Connor Bedard be overhyped? Uh, no, on the last question, I, I think yeah, it looks pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's averaging with like nine shots, uh, shot at Thompson game or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's way too early. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we just talked about this a lot. Um, I, I think it does matter. I think, um, I think there are teams that certainly draft well, but, um, more often than not, the, the elite talent still those guys in the top five, you know, like they're, um, a lot of times put into watching these players and certainly some players are missed and some are, um, yeah, just, I guess don't pan out, but I, I think more often than not, I mean, guys like Kane and Taves still are top five picks. And when you look at most of the superstars around the league, they're, you know, McDavid's and the Matthews, they're all, you know, guys that get picked early. So th- there is still something to be drafted early. So yeah, we'll right, see. Scott, I, Scott let, let's say you, you, let's say the Blackhawks are picking third overall. Bedard and Fantilli go one, two. Do you take Mitchkoff if you think you won't get him for three years? Yeah, if he, if he's, I, I don't know enough about the draft class. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's, if there's still a, a, a wide difference between him and the next guy, I think, I think I mean, there's people saying that he's as good as Bedard. It's just the contract situation that's concerned. Yeah, I, I, I think you have to, right? Like, it just, it's, I mean, three years, one, he comes in the league, he's probably ready. Um, it's, it's, I know you're slightly gambling that he doesn't come over then, but I, I think that he he's usually people are motivated because the money here is still a lot better than the KHL um, eventually. So yeah, I, I think you have to, like, I just, I don't, you better be, better be certain about the next player. That's it it has be. to, it has to be a team like the Blackhawks though. One that knows it's not going to be that it's years away from competition. Otherwise yeah. uh, fan bases are going to be, I, I think a lot like of people that. have to sign off on that, like yeah. above Davidson, even just, uh, you know, like we're a different animal. Can you, can you sell Mitchkoff jerseys while he's still in Russia? Like, <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Mags provides us with a perfect segue to our next segment. Can Scott share any insight about writing the book with Marion Hosa? Um, Tell us about it. Yeah, it's uh, we, we started this, I think, in December of 2020 so uh, i i've been listening uh we we are eventually gonna get marion host on the on, on the podcast i promise he's but, doing everyone else's before he does ours. yeah i uh i sort of <laughs> dropped the ball and asked him a little bit too late where the schedule is already packed so i sort of assumed that uh, i'd get him but it's it hasn't worked out that way so at some point we'll get hosa um i, I think his, it, it actually his is on the uh he sat down with cuss or not sat down yeah he'll be on the athletic hockey show right yeah so i think that's out comes out today but um yeah so we we started it in december of 2020 and 
uh, from the other podcasts I've listened to with Hosa, he's uh, he said that he he's surprised. You know, I guess he was surprised initially how long they told him it was going to take, and he's like, um, he's like he didn't believe them. He's like, oh, we got to do it faster. And then he's been telling he's been telling people it's taken two years. It's it's been a little bit shorter than two years. And we also missed a deadline or two, but it's uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it was interesting. Like we 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 did so many Zoom calls, and um, you know, I'm sure he was sick of hearing from me at times. But well, you um, went out to Slovakia a couple of times too, right? Yeah, I went out to Trenchin once and, you know, spent three days there. And um, it was, uh, yeah, my third time in, in Trenchin. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking and kind of figuring out, um, you know, where we wanted to go with the book and then kind of zeroing in on things. And then we, uh, you know, he wanted to get some other voices in there. So I talked to, you know, I talked to what, 15 other people or whomever. And, you know, we talked to, um, you know, Crosby, Cannon Taves and, you know, guys from uh, guys from Trenchin, like uh, Gabrick and Chara and, you know, other people in his, his, his life. And um, so, yeah, it was it was, it was yeah, it was, it was an interesting process. Like it was just, um, you know, with uh, the, the first book with Belfry, it was a lot more hands off. And this was a little bit more hands on and just, you know, just kind of getting hosted to where he was happy with the book and his stories and and then you know like we're getting toward the end he's like oh i thought about this dennis rodman story and you well, know that was a good one yeah all, all these different ones like all right all right Marion, we'll that's it pretty in. funny and then later in the process he found out his wife was pregnant and um so it was kind of adjusting things and it'll be interesting i'm sure i'm, I'm i believe there's a paperback and so i'm sure on the paperback. I'm, I'm curious about the logistics of it and i don't know if you're allowed to get into this or not but like like you sit down and you talk with him and you're basically you're writing his you're writing it in his voice yeah. As a writer, I'm curious how that process works. Like, and does he, do you, do you, he talks, you put it into the, you know, prettier sentences and then you like email it to him and say, is this okay with you? I'm curious how that process works. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I'd write a, like, I, my struggle with like the same thing with the most stories was just kind of like, where do I begin? You know? And I, I was like, I need to get one chapter done and, uh, and I want, I wanted it to be u- unique in some way and, you know, or, or just something that even interests me in doing this book. And so the first chapter I wrote was, I, I go, you know, the, the big story is you winning the cup and you having to, you know, wait for it. So I said, like, you know, let's try to tell this in a different way. You know, everyone knows kind of the general details, but let's, let's try to piece together that day. So we, um, you know, it's basically 24 hours. The one chapter was, you know, him waking up the morning that he won the cup and kind of everything going through that day. And, um, and, and, you know, writing that and then, you know, I sent that to him and, you know, we got it to where he wanted. And um, I, I guess part of it was me, you know, as as we, we, we spent so much time talking and, you know, me getting to understand what he wanted in the book, that it it made it easier to write as time went on. And mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, uh, you know, some of it was that he had a, you know, kind of express what he wanted in the book. And, um, you know, we there were times where he wanted it more um, easygoing and. Um, you know, just more, just a little bit lighter or just more conversational. And, um, you know, and that's what, you know, even at the start of the book, I try to create that a little bit too, where he, you know, he, he's kind of talking about himself and, uh, in third person, you know, like, um, you know, imagine Marion Hosa coming home from school and, um, you know, like the first thing he wants to do is make sure that everything's organized. And it was sort of, you know, we, we wanted to set the, this tone for the book about how much that was preparation for it. And, you know, like him getting the Blackhawks, um, you know, like it was all set up by him going to Pittsburgh and, you know, that one year in Detroit and kind of preparing this plan for it. And he's, he's very much, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, he likes to have things uh, very set and organized. And, you know, one of the things I got to learn about him was that he, he loves gadgets. Like he's the guy who, you know, the new iPhone comes out and he has to have it sort of thing. And he tells a story in the book about how he, uh, his wife wanted a, uh, a vacuum cleaner for the, the kitchen, like a small one. 
um, just so that she could pull out occasionally. And he said, all right. And she's like, oh, I think I want this one. And, he, and Jose had to go do his own research. And uh, <laughs> he comes back. And he's like, oh, this is the best one. And 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 and, and she's like, oh, I just want this one. And he's like, well, I'm going to get this one, too, because, you know, I've done a lot of research. And he's like, and she's like, I can never win with you, you know, like, j- just get the one you want, because it's I'm not going to have two small bag cleaners. So um, he's very, yeah, he's uh, and, and, he, and he's been that same way in his business. You know, he he took over the family. Him and his cousin had had run a uh, a family like it's a meat packing and they sell some foods pierogies and stuff. Um, but uh, and and he's taken uh, since he retired he he took over the ownership and he had, he had more of you know he's just a, kind of a name on the company before and now he's taken over and um and, and it could, the the company could have folded but you know he, he's put a lot of time into rebranding it and reworking it and so yeah he he's sort of away with all parts of his life so yeah it was an interesting process you know i i feel like i got a uh you know a doctorate in marion hosa here and um it's uh, yeah you know it, it, the book was great i mean i'm not just saying that because i'm your friend and partner here but uh the book's great like i, I when i read it i was like man i covered this guy for years and i didn't know like one tenth of this shit so yeah no and i didn't too like that of, was there's a lot of there's a lot of really good insight he opens up about a lot of things that he was always really reticent to open up about uh it, it's it's a really it's a really interesting and enlightening read on a guy that you know is universally beloved so i i hope everybody goes out and buys it. it's on shelves now is yeah that the best is it the best just walking into a bookstore and like there's your book right there that's pretty cool yeah, yeah no it's uh yeah I, I had to go that first day to check it out and i uh <laughs> Um, yeah, your book was still on the shelf too. That was like, it's, yeah, it's just nobody buys it anymore. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there will be some came out, Christmas came out five fun. five years ago today. Actually, yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I think like at some point maybe you and I we can work on a project. Yeah, like yeah, we could do that. Right. We, have a, little, we have a little history writing uh, co bylines. Yeah, yeah. We, should, we, could, we could, could do, do something like a, outside the box, like in a completely non-hockey. Let, let's do like a a, a three hundred page tape to tape. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was I was gonna go over prospects. We talked we talked about. Uh, uh, oh no! Actually, we're gonna talk about Hosa's retirement. Like <laughs> it was a segue into the book. I appreciate you talking about the book, but uh, Marion Hosa's number is gonna be retired on Sunday. Um, well, I, 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 I think we've talked about. That. I, I, I love Marinosa. I'm still surprised they're retiring his jersey. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this the last few days, and like we've been trying to discuss like what kind of content we want to do with leading up to it, and it's like we've written so much about Marion Hosa. You're a little hosted out, I understand. Yeah, and even like <laughs> like we just he just came up on the uh, NHL 99 list, and and Max uh, Max had done a really nice story about him, and um, this feels like Marion Hosa had a special place he has a special place in rocky words heart like this mm-hmm. this feels like his um yeah for whatever reason it, it's you know like hosa was a big deal signing but it was beyond that and and i, I think some of it's you know hosa is a person and 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 you know like it just uh, um yeah i don't he just the he, i think where rocky took to him you know for rocky to sit up there um on stage with him when they uh when he was here last time like i yeah i don't know it, it just feels like something where it just uh um i mean who could ever say a bad word about marion hosa i mean I, yeah. I get it but it just it, it it opens an interesting debate with everybody else on that team like oh, you no, could I, argue I, I, I don't yeah i i, I, I sharp and oh yeah Fred no. seabrook and nicholas jalmerson and Corey crawford even i mean a lot it opens the door Ho- to a lot of jerseys yeah yeah the crawford i i, I especially the three like i think the ones that have won three cups like it's by by doing Hosa first, like I, it, it it's gonna be odd if I always thought there would be just a banner for the core and all the seven guys would have the, Kane Taves and Keith would have their own jerseys retired and there'd be a banner for the core with all seven of those guys. I yeah. thought that was the way they were gonna do it. Now it's if you retire Hosa, I don't see how you can't retire Seabrook. 
I don't. I honestly don't see how you can't retire all. Right. Jalberson and Sharp. Sharp. Right? Uh, people. People sleep on Patrick Except Sharp. Patrick Sharp was a really good player. Yeah. I mean, even if you look like the analytics and stuff, like it, Hosa meant something, but not more than like not more than anyone else. Yeah. Like it was. I I know that he was significant. Um. Because of the signing and the magnitude, and it felt like he was the piece that put them over the top. But all, all like, it was such a yeah. I, it just, everyone and, played their role to perfection, and they right. were so deep. And um, like even I mean, Odui and Jarmelson were uh, they they allowed them to do other things. You know, like it just it just it it um, yeah. I don't know. I, I I think I get why they're retiring Hosa, but. I think, I think it's the wrong fact if they that he's in the, he, all of them at this the, point. The like, fact just, that he's in the Hall of Fame probably plays something to do with it, but that a lot of that's because of what he did in Ottawa and Atlanta. Like, and, and all of them are going to be. I mean, Seabrook and Sharp probably won't be in the Hall of Fame. Um, the the rest will be. Um, so yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, if like if Sharp and Seabrook are the only ones that aren't retired, like well, Jalmerson, Jalmerson, I mean, yeah. But but I, I think I don't. They become I mean, they, they gonna, become conspicuous by their absence. Yeah, like if you have four of them. And and the th- other three aren't like it's, and 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 that's the thing. If your argument is they have to be in the Hall of Fame, we'll find you can get away with it being because Kane, Taves, and uh, Keith are going to be only three other Hall of Famers from that group. But it shouldn't be about their Hall of Fame. It's supposed to be about what they did with the Blackhawks. Yeah, and Hosa as great like, as Hosa was, career wasn't built yeah. in Chicago. Right, like, it was it's Sharp, part of it. Sharp, Jalmerson, and uh, and uh, all uh, of them. Seabrook, they, yeah. they they were just as important, if not more important, to Marinosa. So. Yeah. It opens Sh- Sh- I mean, Sharp for Sharp and Keith, especially they they were the ones that were pre, you know, like pre yeah. pre. They were here before it got good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I've certainly been thinking about the last few days and and retiring hosts. It, it just it it feels like everyone should be retired. Like it's, um, I get why and I I understand it and 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 he's worthy, but he's yeah he's not. More worthy or much more worthy than anyone else. Are you going to retire Doug Wilson now that he's in the Hall of Fame? Because he deserves to be retired too. Like Steve Larmer obviously should be up there. I mean, you could argue for Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios. I mean, there's a million guys you could start arguing now that Hosa opened the door for now. And at some point, you're going to run out of numbers. Yeah. I, I the, the longer they don't retire Wilson and Larmer, like just, just it's, you know, like it's apparent that it probably won't happen. Um, yeah, I, I think the fact that you don't host it, like it's it it the question, it, it's more about that three cup team to me at least. You know, like it just, yeah, I don't I don't I don't see how you value him more than than any of those other players. And and, yeah. sorry, and Keith and and Keith and Taves and Kane for sure will get their numbers retired. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't. It, it'll it would be odd, like like those guys get together for celebrations. Everyone's numbers up there except for Jarmelson and it's Sharp uh, and Seabrook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll uh and I and, and we didn't we didn't, you know, when we sat down with, with Jamie Faulkner and, and Denny Wirtz, we you know, we spent our time asking questions about the uh the report. And I know other people had asked them about that and and they sort of hinted that there's other plans and, and thoughts going forward. Um and probably some of it depends on how bad they are the next few years, like how how, <laughs> how, how sell some tickets, baby. Yeah. So <laughs> um it, it sounds like it's something they're aware of. It didn't sound like they hinted to too much. Um, but it, yeah, I, I mean, Hosa's a lot of this feels like it was Rocky driven and, um, yeah, it, it, now it's just, it's, yeah. What do you do next? Right. Like it's the, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, Keith and Seabrook are done now. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. and, and Keith and Seabrook are 
franchise icons much more than again Marion Hosa is. As yeah. much as as beloved as and deservedly so as Hosa is, Keith and Seabrook are tent poles. They are franchise pillars up there with Kane and Taze. And I don't know how you can have Hosa up there and not have those guys. Yeah. And, and guys that were, I mean, they were drafted by the organization and, yeah. and came through it and homegrown, homegrown yeah. superstars. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for their contracts, they probably would have retired as, you know, Blackhawks yeah. do. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Interesting stuff. Um, uh, and then, yeah, we're going to transition slightly to prospects. And we, we talked about uh, Green. And uh, there's another question about Dominic Bass from uh, Mike McGeever. And um, Bass has played really well for St. Cloud State. And um, so I, I think they have their eyes on him. You know, he's like a 935 save percentage. Um, St. Cloud State's really interesting where I, I went to go. I was going through the box scores and they give up like 15 shots a game. And it's uh, it's a really good defensive team. So um, I, I know the Blackhawks are. They're certainly keeping an eye on Bass, and um, you know if if he's good enough, I'm, I'm sure they'll consider signing him too. You can never have enough, uh, you know, decent goaltenders and guys that have potential. And um, you know, I, I, we we talked about uh, Reichel last time last time we did the podcast, and it's it sounds like he's had some better efforts since uh, since last game. It, it's still a really interesting team because it's driven by by these these veterans. Uh, it, it, you know David Gust, who, who's been tearing it up, but he's also 28 years old. So it's uh, it's it's such. It's, a, it's really interesting how like this this team could be rebuilding so much and have so many veterans in the NHL and in the AHL. It just goes to show how like they have a good prospects in the system, but they're all so far away. They're all in yeah. junior or college. Yeah, and part of it's they wanted to have the the veterans in Rockford because when uh, you know like the end of the season, like guys like Karchinski and. Uh, doc and yeah there's a handful of guys who can either some of our turning pro and and some of them can leave junior and juniors yeah. and play in, in, in ahl so uh, they they want to give those guys some playoff experience and they felt like you know um th- there weren't there weren't a lot of prospects in the system at least forward wise that they had too high you know high hopes for and that's why even guys like evan barrett were traded <clears throat> so you, you only have a handful of prospects that are um i guess legitimate prospects so they you know they wanted to build with veterans and um yeah, it gives some of those guys uh, a chance to play in you know some meaningful AHL play in a Calder Cup playoffs at the end of the season too. So I feel like I'm losing my voice here. But um, any uh, any movies in uh, in Cali? Yeah, I saw Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I always have to watch the Marvel movies on opening night because uh, I live online and I'm very I follow a lot of pop culturey people and everything will get spoiled if I don't. I tell myself it's so that I can make sure that there's nothing objectionable so the kids can go, but it's really just because I can't wait for the kids to have a day off so that I could go. Um, it was really good. Um, it was very sad in a lot of ways. I mean, it's all about, it's it's, it's like a two hour and 41 minute uh, pay on to Chadwick Boseman. And you really feel it from the actors who lost someone very close to them. And it's, um, but beyond that, it's, it's overstuffed. It, it's like typical Marvel stuff where they are adding so many characters for future projects yeah. that really kind of derail the story a little bit but we're kind of used to that from marvel now two hours and 41 minutes is a long movie you better be as good as infinity war or endgame if you're going to do that but it's really good it's beautifully made uh ryan coogler is just a fantastic director um angela bassett i i love the fact that you have that the marvel movies have become so uh acceptable that you have people like angela bassett acting their asses off yeah. as if this is like real cinema now like take that martin scorsese i mean it, it was really well done it was really good it was very sad you'll cry uh yeah it's good go see it i i finally went to go see a, a banshees of inner sharon which is martin mcdonough's new movie yeah uh, i've heard that's supposed to be really good yeah it was 
Yeah, I, I was told going into it that it wasn't like uh, in Bruges, but it was. I actually want. I'd like to see it again here in the next week because it. Um, I, I walked away. Like it, it feels like a lot more like uh, Martin McDonough's plays. Um, it's uh, th- there's some really dark humor to it, and um, it, it you know ba- it's based in uh, the Aran Islands. You know, you know, kind of very secluded part of Ireland, and it's um, yeah, it, it it felt like he's he's got a bunch of plays that I, I've seen, and this had more of a play feel to it, and it, it, was, it was really good. It was just uh, and I, I love uh, Brendan Gleeson and, and Colin Farrell, and and certainly you know they they play off each other so well, and um, yeah, Marvin. They, they are really them. adorable together in all their press interviews and in SNL. Like they're they're very cute together. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah. is it is it sad that I'm gonna wait for that to come out on streaming so I can watch it with closed captioning on? <laughs> like I watched, I watched Belfast the first time without captioning, and I think I heard like seven words the whole movie. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an ear for that accent yeah. at all. Now the Belfast accent's a little bit different. This was more of, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, this, this is more like sing songy. Uh, this is very over the top Irish accents too. So it's um, coming from me, Lucky it's, Charms. It's more like feck and you know, like uh, feck. Uh, um, so, but uh, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm glad I went. So yeah, I'd like to see it again. So it was. Uh, yeah, I haven't been. Actually, I, I went to go see the other movie you recommended. The uh, uh, oh, uh, Bros. 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 Yeah, I, I thought yeah. that was good too. That was uh, yeah. It was I think you and I are the only two people in America who saw it based on the box office. It's it's unfortunate. So. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So next week, uh, yeah, at some point we'll have Hosa on here potentially next week, and uh, he he has some signings. And I think I'm actually going to go to one on Thursday downtown. So. Nice. Um, if for some reason you want me to sign a book as well, uh, but, but more importantly, he'll also be there. So, uh, anyways, we will be back here next week for Mark Lazarus. I'm Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers. Won't you let me try?